Job Search Club is a new program for international visa students at UWaterloo. Every week, students gather for online sessions that will help them prepare for their post-graduation job search. In today's episode, you get to be a fly on the wall in one of those sessions, where four international alumni shared their experience starting a career in Canada. They cover a lot of topics, work permits, interview tips, cultural differences in Canadian workplaces, and so much more. If you're an international student or a new grad, this episode is for you. Keep listening. So our first series of questions is around the theme of the job search experience. Um, so I'm going to start off. Uh, the first question is, what was one of your main concerns? Um, I'm sorry, I should mention who I'm asking this question to. Uh, will uh, Lime, uh, we'll get started with you. Um, what was one of your main concerns related to job searching prior to graduation? How do you feel about those concerns today? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, thank you for having me. And uh, from my experience, like there are two major concerns that I had related to like job searching prior to graduation. So first one, and as international students, um, like obviously I'll, I'll be a little bit concerned about my work permits. So like after we graduate, we usually apply for the postgraduate work permit. And that's a kind of not very short, but not a very long process. So we need to prepare some documents and get ready for that so that the company can hire us. So like for that, um, I feel there's some like a preparation work to do there. And in the school, there are some international student advisors that would be able to like help with it. So like from my case, like after I graduated, I booked the appointments with them and also get clear with the documents I need and the process or any questions that I have related to these issues. And I think another concern that I had like maybe like a bit more general. So like when I was doing my job searching, I was like a bit concerned about like what job would suit me. So, uh, you know, like some of my friends, like when we talked, I know that they have very specific goals, which are really, really great that they know what they want to do and they're striving for that. But like for my case, like I'm a stupid, like not sure what I want to do in the future or like how to decide my career path. So, but like, but like after talking to like other people and also hearing their experience, I feel it will be good to be open to like other opportunities. So if you are graduating, you don't know what to do, and it's nothing to like worry about, to be anxious about, because like there are so many opportunities for you to discover along the way. And once you discover your interest lies in, you can always like um, having more experience there and like looks like looking for the things that you want. So that's all from me. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Lime. I think you brought up really important points there about this, the, the balance of like figuring out what to do along with this whole big thing of like the work permit as well. Absolutely. Um, Shreena, would you like to um, respond to this as well? Yes, of course. I, I think, uh, again, I agree with everything that Lime said. I had the same challenges as well. I know like the work permit was a tricky uh, time for me because I was not as aware as like everyone else. But but yeah, I, I would say definitely be very um uh, uh, like learn about your work permits, the limitation that has to it that like like. Uh, I, I know that you can only work for a certain number of hours and stuff like that. So just go on the government website and just do, do yourself a favor and learn as much as possible. And again, uh, I, I use the immigration consultant at the university extensively for anything and everything. So I would highly advise uh, the service for sure. I think the, uh, I would, I would just want to add another challenge for me, uh, I was very concerned if my work experience outside of Canada would be applicable to the mm -hmm. Canadian job market. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, again, it is not something that you should be worried about because there are people my like through my co-ops that have looked at my experience, whether it's volunteer at school uh, or even like I'm, I'm from Mauritius. So my Mauritian experience was used for me to get a job here. So I don't think you it's a disadvantage you just need to make sure like try to know how to uh advertise it in your mm -hmm. as much as possible yeah mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of things going on of just like seeking support, which I really like. And I, I yeah. think it's very important to emphasize of like work permits. Yes, we need to do the research, but I love how both of you are like immigration consultants. We need to go there. Um, and as I'm an international student too, and that's definitely uh, my go-to sport on campus Absolutely. as well. Don't <laughs> underestimate it. And also I would, I would like to second that thought, a help, ask for help mm-hmm. wherever, whenever. And the university is a great place to start. So, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, Lima uh, and Narina. Our next question is for Mariam, Somesh, and Lime. Um, and the question is, what strategies did you find helpful to get your first Canadian work experience post-graduation? Mariam, uh, can you get started? Sure, I'll start us off. Um, I think my biggest like strategy uh, to talk in cliches was your network is your net worth. Uh, essentially, just... You know, I think people, when they're looking for jobs, kind of um, go on job boards, you know, you go on LinkedIn, you're kind of going through this endless, like, repetition of just applying to all of these jobs. But one thing that a lot of people don't leverage is who they already know. So, uh, you know, I was pretty active in university in like, you know, events and, um, you know, knowing people uh, through that. And one of the things that I did is I just went to all of my friends who had graduated already and were working at places and said, hey, guys, come on, hook me up. You know, if you do a referral, because a lot of companies have referrals. So like if I get the job, they get money. So, you know, it's a win-win situation. You can you can leverage that. So that was one of my biggest strategies. The other was actually like looking at um, catering your resume. Because I think a lot of people miss, uh, don't do that, where you have one resume or you have one for like each job type that you want and you just use that uh, for every job and you kind of rely on the cover letter or maybe not even a cover letter to, you know, show your personality. I think it's important to go through the job description, um, highlight things that you already have worked on and honestly copy paste some of the words in there because a lot of places use an automation like service to make sure uh, and that's how your resume gets through the door um yeah those are like two of the biggest strategies i used um you know yeah <laughs> thanks Mariam. yeah so Mesh, uh go for it yeah uh so uh, i had a uh different situation because I as I graduated in 2020 it was a pandemic era and uh, a lot of the strategies were not working for me because the uh, in-person activities were cancelled and Mm -hmm. there were less meetings and it was harder to network because uh, sometimes what happens is like even though if you message somebody on LinkedIn and uh, it's sometimes it takes a lot of time for them to respond and you know so I had to redo my strategies and uh, I was uh, one of the main strategy that worked for me was keeping an eye on the detail like who is viewing my profile and <clears throat> also like not giving up on the failed interviews for example like I had a situation when I was applying for my first internship uh, I my interview didn't go that well so uh, I had uh, uh, I knew that my interview was not that great and the CTO who was interviewing was a uh, very approachable guy so I went to him and said to him that uh, my interview was not that great can I get another shot and he was like yeah sure why not and uh, the main reason that I uh, went back to him was because he was constantly browsing my profile so I knew that uh, on on LinkedIn, so I knew that he needs somebody urgently. So I went again to him, and he gave me another shot, and uh, that's where I was able to crack the interview. So I think it was a strategy that helped me a lot, and also I had like uh, very standard templates for LinkedIn and email where I used to reach out to the recruiters and who were hiring for a specific role. I used to let them know like what I can offer as a uh, in that role and. Uh, how I can improve their products if they are a product or a service-based company. So that those strategies like really help me. Yeah, thank you, Lime. Oh, 
Yeah, so I totally agree, like with Mariam and the Smash. So I feel networking is a very important skill. So it's not only like networking with your manager or like people from like your seniors, but also networking with your peer to learn more about their experience and also uh, trying to like share your experience with them as well. But I also do understand that networking can be hard. So for people who is a little bit shy or maybe introverted, like networking is really hard for them. So I would say networking is really, really something that needs to have. But um, uh, if you don't, uh, you don't feel comfortable like doing much at networking, it's totally fine as well. So um, I think for me, like one of the strategies I did was to really um, polish my resume. So for us, like, because um, while well, your resume is only one page, so like everyone gonna has this one page, and how do you put your experience like into very um, like how do you articulate them well to tailor to the job requirements is a very like useful skill. So I use a lot of the um, career services at U Waterloo to see the career advisors and also ask them to like check out my resume and like help me to see my cover letter. And I also like exchange my resume like with my like other like friends. So like we give like we give opinions and advice to each other and to see like where we can improve. So I would say um, networking is very important. But if you're not like feeling very comfortable doing networking, you can also like doing some like other strategies such. As polishing your resume in. and also for big companies there are also many recruiting events which are in the group setting so if you are not comfortable doing like an individual like individual um like a one-on-one like with uh, a coffee chat with other people you can always look for such events for like those big companies and learn about their opportunities Thank you so much to you for sharing. And um, what I really loved about all your responses was, you know, working with what you've got is something that I noticed in all all of your responses. With Mariam, networking was awesome. It worked for you and you really did an amazing like job at it and you really laid it out for us and how you approached it. And so, Mej, absolutely, with the pandemic, that was not a possibility, but you worked with what you got with LinkedIn and even with your failed interviews, that's amazing. Um, and Lima too, I agree with the, with, you know, getting people, that polishing your resume can be super important because that's the first thing an employer is going to see when they're opening the application. So thank you so much for sharing. I really liked how all those responses were so unique, but also so important in their own way. If I could, sorry, if Absolutely. I could add a resource, um, there is, if you use Gmail, there's something called Streak. Um, it tracks your emails that you send to people. So kind of similar to what Shamez did with LinkedIn, you can see how many people like open that email. And if, if people are keep opening that email, that means, you know, that's a good response is being forwarded around. So if anybody wants to use that, I use that for starter hacks for our tracking our uh, clients. But honestly, I feel like you can use it for your personal emails as well. That is so cool. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. So the, the next question uh, we have is for Srina and then Sumesh. What is the one biggest challenge you encountered during your job search process upon graduation? And how did you overcome it? Srina, would you like to get started? Of course, of course. So uh, th- that's a very good question uh, because so so I graduated just for context in uh, 2022 June, and um, I, I had my co-op very well set up, and I thought like it would go into a full time position. But as I, I'm pretty sure a lot of you know, there are tech layoffs happening, and I was definitely a victim of that. So. So that would be a challenge that I like I had to face upon graduation. And obviously it is very uh it's, it's so it's so discomforting, like the moment that you receive that manager email and HR, whatever. But then uh after that, just like take a few days to yourself and then get back there. And again, I would second the whole networking uh is a very, very great tool to have because 
I've used a lot of my contacts, my ex-colleagues now to become better, to improve my resume, to increase my network. And a, a simple thing, even if sometimes I understand that some people are introverted, if let's just say you are comfortable with an ex-manager, even an introduction email can be something uh, like a path to opening your doors and stuff like that. So so I would say definitely my uh, that layoff channel uh like challenge for me was um was mostly solved through my network but again i would say during that time where i i didn't have much to do i really concentrated on uh perfecting my skills uh my skill set so that i can be more employable out there so definitely using resources not only from university of waterloo but there's so many so many free resources on uh on the internet i would i would say do not underestimate that go for it you don't even have to have like a big program you don't have to pay for another degree or whatever there's a lot of resources out there you just simply need to reach out to your friends to your peers to your ex-colleagues and uh keep keep going be bold <laughs> so yeah Absolutely. I like the be bold statement. I think it's an <laughs> ongoing theme in our conversations today, sure. for sure. So, Mesh, would you like to add something? Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, uh, Srina said uh, it rightly. And for me, one of the challenges was uh, like uh, there were like res less responses from the employers uh, during that period. So I had to a bit understand why was that happening so i uh, looked out for resources online and then that's where i found out different templates you know as how you can uh, modify it as per your need uh, and having it uh, handy uh, when you are applying for jobs is really great and <clears throat> that's how i uh, that's when i when i did this uh, i started getting a bit of more response from the employers and also like because uh, sometimes what happens is like the statistics of response is like really low you know so out of like 20 companies you might see six or seven companies who actually respond and that's where your negativity starts to kick in okay so maybe something is missing from my profile and what not so that's when we need to uh, eliminate those doubts and uh, uh, uh keep a positive attitude and still uh, start applying so that's how <clears throat> those were one of a uh, few of my biggest challenge thanks yeah um, i think what i liked about both what both of you shared was just a, like this is a challenge, but the challenge doesn't necessarily mean something's wrong with me. And it's very often that that's where we go. Like I'm doing something wrong, but maybe it's the fact that there's a layoff happening. Maybe that we're in the midst of a pandemic and that's why. And there are all these external factors. Yes, we can't control, but here are the things we can control. Here are the things we can change. And I noticed that the both of you kind of navigated that challenge in that way, which is really cool. Absolutely. I would love to add something. I know a lot of like, I, I you know as an international student i do feel like coming not not being canadian i have a disadvantage already of not knowing the economy mm. uh but but just like try not to think about it i think everyone is trying to figure their stuff out and uh mm. you are only one of them so you are very much normal and very much like part of the bigger workforce mm. out there and i would say one of the best way to reduce your like i I get like anxiety about job search and being marketable on there is to have more conversations, like go out there, talk to your friends, because I've learned so much from my friends about tech layoffs and, 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 uh, I don't know, uh, people cutting budgets and stuff like that. So if I didn't have those conversation, again, I know news is a great source, but when you are down and you just got laid off, you won't want to really uh, check the news or anything. So, so talk to your friends, like have that community around you. Uh, and then I think that will definitely help in alleviating the anxiety and again, the message, keep going. As Sumesh said, it does, it's not about one, two, three applications. I had to go through a hundred applications to get one or two interview. So just imagine the scale of that. Keep applying, keep applying. Mm. 
Absolutely, Sheena. Um, and, uh, thank you. Sorry. Uh, sorry, go on. Like, yeah. So like, as, as uh, this applying process, right, so we reach out to our uh, connections. So just like, make sure like you are writing a message that's very clear, you know, like what you want and what you actually have. Uh, that's where your templates kick in and also like always uh, <clears throat> attach your resume that you're uh, the latest resume that you're uh, applying with for that profile because some uh, because if you just do hi on LinkedIn or like hello hi I'm looking for something the person might get a bit disinterested because they don't have that much time allocated for their day-to-day -day life uh, for social media uh, and once you once they have this message they might okay because you have provided all the information they might quickly go and refer you so that's where these all templates come in handy so just to mm. throw it out that, that's so true and i think that i can see that connection too like it's thinking of networking too is a sort of building community too like yes we're reaching out to people we know absolutely let's also like reach out to people who we don't know and we're not thinking about it as a transactional thing but like let's try and help each other out and you yeah, pointed exactly. that out to Mariam early on about like some people get paid for referrals so why not so that's a good point absolutely so our, our last question in this section around job search experience is for Lee May and Mariam uh, so the question is, we've heard from many international students that they are concerned about being able to showcase their skills in interviews. What strategies have helped you succeed and feel more confident in your interviews? Lime, would you like to get started on that? Yeah, for sure. So I think one of the strategies that work for me is definitely like a practice makes perfect. So I know that we cannot predict every single question from the interview, but there are at least like some of the things that we can do for preparation. So for example, the people will like 99% of the interviewers will ask you to introduce yourself. So this is one of the questions that you can really prepare well to see how you can summarize your experience like into a few sentences and also uh, adding a little bit taste of yourself to make sure the people will remember you. And also be make sure that you know every single line on your resume. So for the, the projects you did before, I know like as time goes, you probably like forget the details about it. So uh, it is also very important to make sure that you probably like record your past experience sub down somewhere so that you can refer to them like uh, what you want to do like in the future. And also, so when people like ask your questions, you're very clear of what you did before. And I think another tip that uh, I would have in mind is that there probably like for also for me, like many other times, there will be some questions that I don't know about the answer. So like in such cases, like um, please be honest and just let them know that you don't know about it. And you can say like, sorry that I don't know about the answer, but I would like to learn more about it. And probably like after the interview, you can send a follow-up email to let the interviewer know that you are putting your effort in like learning about this stuff. So even though like you may like not doing so well in the interview, like you would have a really um, good expression for them that you are very open to learning and you're very interested in the job. Thank you, Lime. I think that interview anxiety is something that's common to all of us. And as, as international students, we sometimes might feel like it's even more intense, but some of the strategies you shared is like, it's it's true for everybody, it's like which is honestly very true, is that practice, um, seeking that support, seeking that community. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Mariam, would you like to answer this as well? Yeah, um, I think I'll just add on to what you said. You had very good points. Um, I think one of the things that helped me with the anxiety that comes with, you know, for going into an interview is being prepared, uh, you know, and the way I did it is I think this is kind of like from my startup background. It's like when somebody asks you about a company, you give them an elevator pitch of what your company does. It is something very short that you could tell somebody and the time it takes from an elevator to go from one floor to the other. Uh, make an elevator pitch about yourself, you know, have very succinct, like two line, 30 second intro of who you are, because I think one of the most 
common and frustrating questions that's asked in interviews is tell us about yourself and you're like okay do i i was born here do i start from there like how do i frame this question and i think that like question changes or like the answer changes to each job that you apply for cuz they don't honestly they don't care what your hobbies are they don't care where you went to school they care more about what you're going to bring to them and why you're interested in that job so when you do that elevator pitch you could uh you know build it around that scenario like you know tell us about yourself the other thing is like you know look up what are the most common interview questions you know they always ask you about your strength or your weaknesses i think weaknesses is a very important question to like prepare beforehand because you don't want to give weaknesses that are not weaknesses because it kind of makes you look weak uh, i would say from an interviewer perspective <laughs> you know i'm a perfectionist is what a lot of people say and it's like a common kind of joke when people are hiring is that oh man another perfectionist because that essentially that's not a weakness you know you want to give them something real and honest and kind of explain what you're doing to work towards improving that weakness um and honestly your interview prep depends on what kind of job you're applying to if you're applying to somebody with something with soft skills you know make sure that that's showcased in your interview so if you're applying for say a sales job you know your interview is where you're selling yourself you know use the skills that you use for you would use in that job uh if you're applying for a tech job a coding job you know go on lead code go crazy and start doing all of like those uh questions and you know really like try to prepare yourself and as we may said like if you don't know anything be honest and tell them because i think as some i've interviewed other people before and so i would much rather appreciate a oh i don't know but i'm willing to learn over a random something alphabet soup that come up with at the time um but yeah and i would say go in with confidence because you know even if you don't feel that confident fake it till you make it they don't know you you don't feel confident and they don't have to know <laughs> you know um but yeah those would be my interview strategies thank you i, I like that both of you emphasize that honest part of like if i don't know i don't know that's okay um i think it's a very common theme and i think it's very important too so absolutely thank you um our next section of uh, we have a couple of questions around the theme of canadian work environments and our first question is for shrina mariam and it is what according to you is a little known fact about canadian work environments which you wish all international students ought to know about uh shina would you like to get started yes of course i i i'm going to talk more about the uh i guess soft skills around like the 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 office environment and stuff but uh coming from mauritius i think uh i've the management style is very different where there is a very obvious uh like difference between like the manager the, the and leaders and then uh people at the top and you can feel that difference right so coming here like even um telling my opinions about a particular topic or suggesting about improvements and projects and stuff like that i i would hesitate to do that just because uh i thought oh the manager is always right is always as it can like they cannot be challenged in any way or possible and i'm not i'm not saying like challenge in a disrespectful way no but like just discussing things brainstorming ideas and stuff like that so so i would say canadian environment at least for my industry my sec uh, like my sector and stuff like that um i would say i like i'm very fortunate to uh to present my ideas out there and i'm i'm heard about it if my manager is doing something um a particular way i would come and be like hey like i think this can be improved uh in this this way and this is the result let's test it out and then you can tell me your feedback after that right so as long as you can communicate your ideas and like i'm i feel like managers in canada are very much more open to that change uh and that idea uh so so that is something that i absolutely love about canadian uh work environment that i want to highlight for sure yeah 
Oh, that is so true. I think I had the very same experience too. And it's the same in India, a strict hierarchy, you know who the boss is. Yeah. Um, and it was definitely a learning uh, curve for me too. And it's also that part where the thing that Lima and Marian brought up with the honesty piece in, in yeah. the interview too, kind of mm-hmm. goes into this too. People like it when you're honest, if you can communicate and you're open to feedback. Absolutely, for sure. I was just going to add to that. Honest, the honesty side, like, for example, a, an interview question about what is your weaknesses, it's not, don't take the question literally necessarily, just find the thinking behind why the interviewer is asking you mm-hmm. the question, right? Like a question like, what is your weakness? They want to see how humble you can be and how critical of yourself you can be. And what are the actions that you are taking that are realistic to apply. So this is like mm-hmm. thinking behind it. Behind every question, there's a little mm-hmm. interviewer thinking that I think everyone should should just take a moment and think about it while mm-hmm. while they answer. So absolutely for sure. Uh, Mariam, um, would you like to add to this conversation too? Yeah. Um, honestly, I was going to mention the same thing, um, and you know because. I have work experience in Pakistan and that that's very much similar. It's race mm-hmm. that hierarchy and, you know, you're supposed mm-hmm. to do your role and just your role and you're supposed to do well. And then you can just like, you know, go home. Uh, I think like that was a, like a different cultural shift, like over here as well. I would say it's mm-hmm. good and bad in a way where, you know, it could mess with your work-life balance a little bit mm-hmm. uh, because of with the lack of micromanaging, there also comes like, you know, more responsibility on you to do, uh, you know, mm-hmm. your tasks. And uh, I think a lot of people, especially when starting out, might not be comfortable with um, trying to set those boundaries at their workplace. Uh, but I think like it, what I've seen in places that I've worked, that it is very easy once you get over your own mental block of like being from a different culture work-wise that it is easier to give that input like input to your manager and talk to them about it um and I think the other thing I would say is that you know one one thing that you have in like cultures that have a very strong hierarchy is that you already know what's expected of you uh and which might be harder to do in a culture where you know, everybody is treated as more flat hierarchy and, you know, it's harder to see, especially as an entry level, like, oh, okay, how much work am I supposed to do? Where can I put in my input? And I think like sussing out the uh, environment and like, you know, getting, don't go in like first day being like, this is my boundary, <laughs> you know, like kind of just uh, look through like for a month and two, see what the culture of your workplace is, you know, what are the internal politics? Because, you know, as much as we love to say that they don't exist in some startup world or they don't exist, they always exist. Humans are humans. Humans got a human. So like there's always like, you know, try to get comfortable with your work environment. Try to like assess for what it is, you know, for people who are more analytical. You could probably make like a note, like an Excel sheet of like all the things that like are happening. Um, and uh, honestly, with the flatter hierarchy and like making yourself more visible especially when it comes time for promos and things like that I would say always write down everything that you've worked on um that's one thing that like I used to do like maybe uh, I you guys will find out when I show you my tracker later but I used to track every single task I did um in the day so especially when it comes to like promotions and stuff like that you can go to your manager to say like hey, I have concrete, like a database of everything I've done since I started, you know, or most likely in the last few months leading up to the promo. And you have that, like, you know, you put in the links, put in the meetings, put in everything. Uh, you know, the more you track, the more better way you can pitch your promotion or pitch uh, whatever you're working on. Um, and people appreciate that. Uh, and this kind of segue into something else. <laughs> but, you know, um yeah, like just really assess your culture at your workplace because it will differ from where you work. And, um, you know, and try to like even before as you go into the interview um, for that place, like try to see what the culture is from their website, what they've portrayed. Uh, maybe you've talked to somebody who works there um, and ask, the, ask that question in the interview. You know, what is the culture like? So you are prepared. Um, and, you know, as much as you're interviewing for a job, they're in 
like it is also an interview for you to see if this job or this workplace is good enough for you if this is where your career is going to go thrive so if it is not a culture fit if it's something like that you don't vibe with you should like i know it's like oh man like i shouldn't be that picky when i'm trying to get a job but honestly be picky like you know you have value to offer that company that's why they're hiring you and if you're not going to be happy there you know maybe there's a better place for you to work at thank you so much i've like so such exciting responses i'm like i have so many follow up questions but i'm the moderator i need to keep going <laughs> so thank you so much um a next question around this theme of canadian work environments is for sumesh and vishrina again um as an international student what are the unique skills and values you've gained and can offer your workplaces um and sorry and lime too um so we'll get started with lime yeah for sure thank you so i think one important uh, thing like one really unique thing is your culture values so we are from like different like cultures and our culture values are very important uh, here like in canadian work environment is very inclusive and diverse so it is very interesting to share your culture values with like other people and also learn about their cultures so i believe like for most of the companies there will be some like uh, like a cultural events and also inclusion and diversity community like for you to learn more about that and also share your values like with other people so i feel that's one thing that's very unique for us and another thing um i would like to share is that so as we are international students that we are like studying and working in a foreign country so that's already show that we have very good perhaps like stress management skills and also are very adaptable so trying to be like confident in yourself and don't be shy like with sharing Yeah, absolutely. There's so many job descriptions I've read are like we need you to be adaptable and we're like that's what we do as international students. So that's so true. Um uh, Samesh, uh, go for it. Yeah, uh, that's uh, so true. I think uh, I've seen that uh, uh come into effect at my workplace as well. But uh for for me uh I think uh it's uh, more, it was so I think as an international student uh, studying at university of waterloo uh, and doing the courses uh, actually helped me a lot in identifying problems as opportunities and also like because uh, the courses that are offered the professors design the assignments in such a way that the problems that you're trying to solve is more generic as whole as a whole you know so that you can apply into different uh, domains and uh, different applications so i think uh, uh that uh, uh i was easily able to translate into my workplace you know easily divide the problems into sub problems and just because we did this in our university uh, and we know how to solve them we just apply our generic thought and i think uh, that has pretty well uh, that has worked pretty well for me so far so yeah thanks you miss shrina go ahead Yeah of course again like super I I would have said the same thing flexibility uh, uh I I think like I, I want to highlight like flexibility is definitely one of the things because generally international student we come here we change our ways in order to adapt to a completely new environment and it applies to your job as well if you are not flexible to the different communication style with different of your colleagues or open to ideas like if you really hold on to only your idea to be right and not others it will like be a disadvantage for you and like it won't be a learning experience so i would say definitely be flexible out there and like continue being flexible as an international student but also be flexible in other aspects i i also want to say like one of the things that like i personally saw i brought 
uh, in uh, as as an international student is the communication aspect. So I would assume, but like I, I might be wrong, but a lot of you are like bilingual or trilingual, or there's like different languages and stuff like that, right? So a lot of ways when I first came here, English is not my first language. So there was a lot of body language behavior that I automatically got adapted to, and I think that is such a great key in uh, starting conversation with people, going outside of your comfort zone and really assessing a room. So even when you're giving a speech or when you're giving a PowerPoint presentation at work or even receiving feedbacks from your colleagues and managers, there's a particular body language that um, associated with their communication style, obviously, will will kind of like help you assess, uh, assess the situation and then you can take uh, actions before like it's too late or like I don't know some, something bad happens but but definitely uh, the other thing stress management as well we we are very I would I would actually uh, say more resilience because I know as international students we come here with the uh, with the ambition and the goal of not quitting and that should apply for your job as well. So even if you got fired, even if you got laid off, don't quit. Keep going. There are better days ahead. If you stop there, that's that's where the learning stops. That's where you won't find anything. But like, keep going, keep striving. Even if a bad situation happened to you, uh, take the lesson out of it and then apply it for your future. That's it. Oh, I like that so much. Thank you. I also find as an international student navigating workspaces, um, I find myself asking questions that are a little bit different, but much needed too, because there might be certain cues we don't understand, but we ask them and there'll always be somebody else wanting to ask that question too. So there's another thing that I, uh, that I thought about when I was listening to all of you shared about those unique pieces that we can bring in as international students. Thank you. Um, we have one question for Mariam, Srina, and Lime around the question of immigration. Um, so we'll get started with Mariam first, but the question here is, the key reality of international students is their immigration status in Canada, whether we like it or not, balancing what our permits allow and the jobs we seek is tough to balance. So what would you say is the most important thing to keep in mind while navigating immigrated immigration related issues while seeking work sorry i just have to unmute myself before i talked um yeah i think one of the ways is just to i don't know if you've got this overall theme when i speak is to plan it out <laughs> uh you know have a look at your permit and see what are the requirements and then as you know with uh, for me, I got the post-graduation work permit and it was an open permit, so it did not have as many restrictions. I don't know if that's changed in the, it's been a while since like I was a student, so I don't know if it's changed since then, like somebody else who's a recent student could probably speak to that better. Uh, but in my permit, it there was no restriction other than I couldn't do school. Um, on that permit. So, you know, I couldn't take any classes, but I could have a job at any company or at any like, you know, um, for like a full-time job. And so, you know, that really helped me to, because uh, that was the first thing I did. It came and I stared at it for an hour. I just looked at all of the requirements, <laughs> made a list. And, um, you know, I was in talks with some companies to where I would potentially work. And, you know, I was upfront. I'm like, hey, I have a work permit, but you know, it's not on you. It's an open work permit because I think like a lot of companies kind of get like, oh, no, we can't, you know, um, sponsor you or something like that. And just making it clear that you don't need their help. You're going to apply as anybody else. Uh, and honestly, for some time, I would just like because it's the only thing that it's asked is if you're legally available to work in Canada. And I would say yes. And if they ask for like further questions, I would be like. I don't feel like answering this and, you know, bring it up in an interview if they asked for it, because uh, your immigration status, it's yours. As long as everything's legal, your workplace doesn't really need to know all the nitty gritty um, and, you know, just 
keep that in mind as you go along. You're not being dishonest if you don't like say, I don't want to talk about this there. That's an option in there. Um, and, you know, like just say everything's above board. Uh, they'll know as well once you do your um, SIN number and you give them that tax thing, it'll have an expiration, which doesn't happen if you're a citizen. <laughs> um, so, you know, they'll be aware, but, you know, it, it's, it's just like a hard thing to navigate. I feel like people feel a lot, like a lot of anxiety about that. I felt like that because I was like, oh, maybe they won't hire me in a permanent full-time position if my work permit is temporary, essentially. You know, it's three years. Um, but, you know, three years is a long time. And with the immigration system, um, what I did is that once you have a certain number of like uh, days you've worked, I think there's like a minimum of like a year and a half or two, um, you can apply for permanent residency. And at that point, you don't need a work permit. Um, you know, that's the route I took and it was uh, really helpful. Now I'm a permanent resident and I can work anywhere I want. My SIN card doesn't have an aspiration. And so like, you know, um, yeah, just like look at the nitty gritty and plan out your, your job search that way. Yeah, planning is really key when it comes to work because these mm -hmm. days too, there's been a lot of delays and that's where the immigration consultants where both uh, Lima and Trina you both brought up early on is can be really key for sure. Um, yeah, Trina. Sorry, I was on mute. I was on mute for a second. Uh, yeah, no, I, again, like the same thing that uh, Mariam said as well. I, I was just going to add to that. Be planned, but also be very aware of the information that you get. Like, and I would say visit that website two to three times at different times when you're tired, when you're very alert, just so that you grasp the information correctly. And uh, I, I think uh, on top of like immigration consultant and stuff like that, I also asked around, I asked my friends who are going through the same timeline, they are graduated with me. Uh, it, it can be the simplest thing as, oh, what kind of there's like a little thing for your postgraduate work permit where you have to do like a letter size inside of another letter or something like that. Some kind of uh, weird thing. And my friend was just like, okay, so you put your password in it and then you post it there. So like little, it, uh, little details here and there. Uh, again, like the other thing, plan it out. Your timeline is very important depending on what if you have a job or your how how soon do you want to work and stuff like that so know your wait times how how long does it take to get this kind of permit how long does it take to get another process on top of that if you want to go outside of the country and stuff like that uh but yes i would say ask around as much as possible because people will definitely help i've had like times where you know, like uh, it's too late or like they're not accepting it anymore. And I have this time constraint on this job offer that I had, uh, but just because of my permit, I couldn't. So, so again, be very, very careful and like in, um, get all the information that you can as early as possible. Even if you're in school right now, I would highly suggest to go to immigration consultant and tell them to give you a brief timeline of when do you apply for what so yeah absolutely um Lime, uh, yes uh, i totally agree with trina and marian so uh one thing i would like to like uh emphasize that once like um, for like immigration related issues, these are like very uh, important. So once you get some information, please, please verify those information either from the IRCC website or using the immigration consultant. Cause like when we uh, saw like some information, it could be like um, outdated. So always keep in mind to uh, be up to keep like in touch with the latest news and also um, check on the website, also check the immigrant consultant because they are licensed and they are experienced. And also another thing I want to add on is that um, I know that our uh, work permits can 
uh, like it can be like uh, take some time for us to get it. But as international students, like it wouldn't put us into disadvantage when you're looking for most of the jobs or even like all of the jobs. Because I believe like, even though like, for example, I'm international, but I'm definitely not the first international like foreign worker that the company hired. So usually like they are very experienced and usually the hiring manager, they would also want to work the things out for you. So um. So it's really important to have a relatively positive mindset when you are looking for a job. Yeah, that's such a good point, Lime. That like they're familiar with this process and they all they all want us to succeed. So something definitely keep in mind. Um, the the next question is for Samesh, and um, it is what has been your experience with life as a full time worker in Canada as opposed to an international student? Uh, what are the some some of the differences and the new challenges that come with a change in status and lifestyle? Yeah, uh, so I think uh, as an international student, uh, it was fairly busy with, uh, you know, day-to-day uh, -day, uh, studies and whatnot. So it's it's really hard to have a good work-life balance while you are a student because you have a lot of uh, <clears throat> things to do. And uh, especially as an international student where you have immigration-related stuff, you need to do a lot of uh, uh, background work to actually get things done and as uh, like as you transition from an international student to a worker in Canada I think uh, a lot of things changes and uh, uh, for me like uh, maintaining a, a good work-life balance uh, uh, was a challenge because uh, because of the current hybrid model right so you're working from home and you, know, you get on an assignment you do it for like six to eight hours and uh, yeah let me like you know sit for another hour and finish this off so that's where you need to have a clear boundary like you know this is the time that I'm going to work and you should also provide more uh, <clears throat> time for your health uh, in general because that's if, if you're not healthy I think it's not it's not gonna work out for very long you can work, only work for like so many days for continuously for eight hours right so that's uh, was one of the main challenges of maintaining the work-life balance as a, a new uh, worker in Canada yeah thank you so much for sharing that uh, is there anything to this question that the other panelists would like to add I just actually wanted to really highlight the the same thing, work-life balance. I think as international students, we think coming to a different country, we have to prove ourselves through our work. So one of the things that we do, we do get lost in that work. But please, please make sure you have a life outside of it, whether it's health, family, friends, uh, or like even developing a new skill on the side, because you never know. Let's just say, always think of you if you didn't have the job, what would you do? So try to develop that side uh, outside your nine to five job. Uh, it, it's so important to be very diversify in a Canadian economy, because if you if you like specialize in one thing too much, you will have the risk of kind of being completely lost when it's gone. So try to be as skillful as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Thank I, you so much. Right, go ahead, Samish. Yeah, sorry, I just wanted to add to Srinas, uh, like you should at least uh, allocate some time uh, within the within the day probably in the evening for your uh, personal development uh, you know where you are learning a new skill or probably like <clears throat> making some improvement on your uh, life lifestyle so yeah that's yeah I really like I think that work-life balance is so important especially with what you said Trina really struck me of the need to want to prove ourselves and I often think sometimes our identity as international students is attached to our student permit and then to our work permit so it might create this idea of like I'm here I have to study all the time I'm here I have to work all the time but that's not sustainable um, and I, I can hear both of you um, kind of really emphasize that so thank you um a final question around life after graduation is for Miriam and then for Shrina. Um, and it is, uh, what are some ways that you've been able to build community in a different country outside of an academic atmosphere? Um, have you experienced any challenges with this? Um, Miriam, please get started. 
Yeah, um, I think building community outside of academics um, is truly just honing in on what your interests are. You know, do you enjoy uh, football? You know, maybe you could join, even after you graduate, you know, uh, there are like, Inter, like intramural stuff that like happens in the city you can find like a team you know just go out with them on the weekends and it'll be fun um do you enjoy like i don't know i made a community because i was into bts you know <laughs> and other people were into the same band and you can like uh you know just find what you're interested in and then look for those interests you know your community doesn't also need to be in person you know with covid i think it to- taught us how to build communities online you know make friends online and uh you know i think it's like a cool way of meeting people um the other way i've met like a lot of my friends is through um you know meetup um it's like this online thing and there's you can sort through interest of what you want to do um and uh, you know go play board games with people um and also don't be afraid of uh reaching out to people you might have lost touch with you know i think as international students we're always so busy and like you know making sure all our eggs in a row and like making sure everything is done uh perfectly that like you know maybe you have a roommate you had in first year haven't kept in touch and just be like, hey, you know, what's thinking about you today? What's up? You know, uh, I think we after graduation, um, you know, as I've like graduated, I, I feel like longer than most other people on the panel. You kind of lose touch with people you were friends with in the university. And, you know, I did that. But then I moved to when I moved to Toronto, I reached out to some of my friends here. I hadn't talked to them in a few years. I was like, hey, let's get coffee. Or like, you know, let's get beers, whatever, like your poison is. Um, And just try to, uh, you know, your community is built by how much effort you put into it. So, you know, it's not just going to come find you one day and you're going to wake up and there's going to be a whole community around you. Um, You have to put in a little bit of effort, uh, you know, work on those skills. If you're a bit on the shyer side, uh, you know, join uh, for me when I was on a co-op in Toronto, I had no friends here. Um, and I was pretty shy, which I feel like it's not translated well in this panel. <laughs> but, um, I I did improv classes because I read somewhere that it helps your communication and it genuinely does. And it teaches you like, I think, yes, and which is pretty fun to like learn. It actually helped me like get do like sales as well for my startup and stuff like that, because you kind of learn how to communicate with somebody without shutting them down, which is, I think, like a lot of people do. Maybe they're nervous, they'll like move on to a next topic. It helps you like seamlessly in- integrate what they're saying, other like, you know, comedy aside, like integrate and listen to what the other person's actually actively saying and then work on how you add on to what they're saying rather than, you know, move on to a different topic and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, those are some of my tips on building like a friend group or like, you know, a community outside. Um, outside of work, outside of academia. Sheena, uh, would you like to? Yes, of course. Uh, honestly, Mariam, thank you for the tips. I will use that for me too. I need constant reminder because after the pandemic, I think all of us, I mean, if I may assume a lot of us went through a social anxiety splur. Uh, but but yes, again, effort. I, I, w- I would say the same thing. Uh, I think as international students, especially coming from a very community base uh, environment back home. So I'm always finding myself in weddings, big family weddings or like gatherings and stuff like that. And most of the time it's your parents who drag you to them. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. So obviously you're meeting all these kind of people. But here, again, it's a very different culture, very different environment. So you really need to get out of your comfort zone here. Like you need really need to go to that one class that you like that gym class or a dance class or some speakeasy, something like that. Right. Uh, again, like community is is definitely made through your effort. I don't, I, I would say the harsh truth as much as like, I'm going to put it out there like, like uh, crude, but no one is going to reach out to you if you don't make the effort. Like you need to take a first step. If you are expecting someone to come towards you all the time, 
you're just missing out on so many things in life, right? So like do that first step, go and text that person who you, you have thought of, or uh, you wanted to go to that dance class. Even, even if you want to go alone, I would say go. One of the best things that I've made friends is by going to events alone. And it's very daunting. Uh, I just go there. I don't know what to do. But then uh, you find out the most amazing people. Uh, as a little, I, I was introverted too when I first came to this country and I had to find my way around, uh, which again, I, I appear as extroverted. I've, I've gone a whole 360, uh, transformation. But if, if it's any advice, have, have a, have a little list of questions, your safe questions that I, I always say, and just go and ask people and like, Oh, how do you like the food? How uh, is this? And also, I think one of the ways is compliments always work, always work. I love your dress. I love this about you. Oh my God, you have this book. Tell me more about it. So always have safe questions. And honestly, if you don't know the question, Google it. I swear to God, the amount of times I've just asked, uh, like, oh, what questions do I ask to a, to a bunch of strangers before going to an event has been like multiple times. So get out of that comfort zone and, and yeah, just, just have a blast. I want to also add, uh, I've, as an international student, I have been awkward and embarrassed so many times because of the way I pronounce a word, for example, people would like make fun of me, but trust me, it's just a little detail and you will forget about it. No one will remember any awkward moment. So Oh, and just to add on to that, uh, you know, like people know what you're talking about. You know, they understand exactly what you said. It doesn't matter if you said it in a different way than them. You know, like you do you, man. Like be exactly. proud of your accent. Be proud of like Absolutely. what you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And be yourself. Always. Exactly. Be yourself. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. If you liked this episode, please follow or subscribe in your favorite podcast app. And if you're looking for more support with your job search, join your fellow alumni for Zero Work. Zero Work is a two-part workshop program for folks trying to figure out what they want from their career or folks trying to find a job that will complement them. The first session starts later this month on Tuesday, February 28th. There's a link to learn more in this episode description. You Waterloo Alumni Podcasts are produced and hosted by me, Meg Vanderwood. Aju Chow is our editor. Aju and I are both alumni and staff at the University of Waterloo.